0: Good morning, and welcome to PortraitCast, episode 14. As always, I'm Rick. On this edition of the podcast, I sat down with comedian Kumail Nanjiani during SF Sketchfest. We recorded this interview at The Purple Onion right before Kumail performed as part of Kevin Allison's storytelling show, Risk. Look for a download of it at risk-show.com soon, as it is definitely worth a listen. There are a couple interruptions and some background noise during the interview, as it coincided with the sound check. You'll hear a couple snippets of John Vandersly singing and playing guitar, and then at the end, the club started piping in music. Uh, Unfortunately, we were sitting right underneath the speaker, so that's why you do hear some of that noise. Other than those minor distractions, the interview was great, and I think you'll really enjoy learning more about this hilarious comedian. So, without further preamble, here's my interview with Kumail Nanjiani. Hi, I'm here with uh, Kamel Nanjiani. Hello, Kamel. Nice to see you. Thank you for Hi. Uh, having taken time to, to oh, meet yeah. with me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so first my first question is, uh, you grew up and lived in Pakistan until the age of 18. Right. At which time you moved to the United States to study engineering at Cornell College? Right. Yeah. No, it was computer science computer at science. Grinnell College. Oh, <laughs> Grinnell College. Grinnell <laughs> <laughs> College. Okay, yeah. in
1: Iowa. You know, I saw that it was listed wrong in some on some publication. Yeah. So
0: that's, yeah. Yeah, I lived in Iowa for 16 years. Did so you really? Yeah, I'm familiar with Grinnell. But yeah, wow. Yeah, but I saw, oh, And Cornell, philosophy. Okay. okay. Computer science and philosophy. Uh, how did you choose that career path? So computer science, yes. And uh, how far along did, uh, into it did you decide to make the change to comedy? Uh, you know, I just
1: sort of defaulted into computer science. Uh, I started in philosophy because I really liked it and I felt like I was good at it and it was interesting. It was kind of blowing my mind. I'd never, you know, like, Descartes and stuff. I was doing computer science because I wanted to get a job. And then three years in, I realized I was no good at computer science. It is not what I wanted to do. And I sort of had this like, freak out over one summer. Where I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Advertising? I started looking for
0: advertising jobs. Yeah. Is, this, is this somebody <laughs> singing? <laughs> we'll okay, we pause, pause for a second. Oh, oh there here he go. goes. Uh, <laughs> <no>? <laughs> <laughs> Keep
1: okay. going. <laughs> um, so I decided, uh, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to study. So then I saw a friend of mine do stand-up at an open mic night, and my friends were like, oh, you should try it. So I gave myself six months to write a routine, and I did. And I did a half hour the first time I did it, and I was still the, probably the best <laughs> I've ever had. Uh, and then I gave myself another six months to write another half hour. And... Uh, I decided to move to Chicago. I got a computer science job, moved to Chicago just to try it out, and I just kept doing open mics, and I kind of never stopped, you know. There was no real decision until a couple of years ago when I was like, oh, this should be my career, and then, you know, quitting the day job and stuff.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, growing up in Pakistan, what were you exposed to, by the way, of comedic influence, and and uh, what informed your sense of humor?
1: I'd seen, you know, my favorite movies were, like, Ghostbusters and Gremlins, and, uh, some Woody Allen stuff, but mostly, you know, like Bill Murray stuff the like Groundhog Day. So it wasn't much stand up. Like I hadn't seen Bill Cosby and I hadn't seen Jerry Seinfeld or um, Richard Pryor, or anybody really stand up. I didn't really watch stand up until I came here. Oh, no, that's, that's great. I think I plugged the amp to the wall now, there's not shocking at all. That's great. All yeah. And I think the first stand up I ever saw was Jerry Seinfeld's HBO thing of uh, Telling You For The Last
0: Time. That's the first one, that was Kevin.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, and um, have you had a chance to go back to visit uh, Pakistan since moving away or does your family come here to visit and well, how do they feel about
1: your successes? My parents live here in Jersey
0: now. Oh, okay. uh, I
1: haven't been back in like 12 years. So yeah. I moved here in 97, went back 98, but I haven't been back since then. Uh, My parents, you know, they always sort of got a kick out of it until I quit my day job, because they were always like, as long as you do your day job, do whatever you
0: want.
1: And then when I uh, quit my day job, they were a little nervous, but they get a kick out of it, you know, like they have reviews and newspaper cutouts up in their living room and stuff.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And then uh, you became known as a stand-up as you mentioned in Chicago, and it's one of those cities that you hear about breeding uh, it's a breeding ground for great comedians. Uh, what was it like? I guess you started in Iowa re- really, but then Yeah, but only did but, it twice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what was it like starting out in Chicago and uh, who were some of your peers there and you You know, when I started there was Carl Kinane
1: was one of the established yeah. people, Matt Bronger, this guy John Roy. Uh, so it was a lot of guys, it's funny to see all these people who actually used to do like shitty open mics with now sort of getting success. So TJ Miller, Hannibal Buress, um, so many people. Uh, so it was all these guys that were really, really funny and were just kind of doing these terrible shows in the back of restaurants and stuff and uh, but it was a great scene because it was a big emphasis on originality and uh, it was very self-policing. So if somebody was hacked, they were told that, you know, yeah. it can be harsh,
0: but it really sort of forces you to try and find a unique way of doing it. And from Chicago, you moved to New York. Uh, what prompted that move and how did, uh, how did you find the comedy scene different? Well, that was ultimately me being like, I've got to, you know, fucking
1: do this. Uh, throw my hat in the ring for sure because there's no industry in Chicago and I've been doing it five years so I quit my day job, yeah. moved there with my, my fiancé at the time and she's my wife now. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and the scene there was very, it's, first of all, it's a lot more intense. It's a lot more shows you would do, you know, the stakes are higher because you're doing shows with Eugene Merman and Michael Bigley and Dimitri Martin and, you know, Zach Alphanakis and stuff. So uh, the stakes are much higher. There's a lot of industry there, which, you know, good for better or for worse. It it affects how you approach it. But I think what New York did for me was New York has a very specific, very natural style, very storytelling. And that really, really changed my stand-up. I think my first four months in New York
0: were the most I've ever learned about doing stand-up, more than any other period. All right, And uh, you were a writer and actor on the upsettingly short-lived show, uh, Michael and Michael Have Issues. (laughs) Yep. How did that job come about, and what did you gain from that experience? Uh, That happened because I'd gone there, and there was a show at the time in New York called Invite Them
1: Up, which was sort of the big, just the center of the alt scene. It was the best. I'd heard about it so much. I would go watch it every week, and I was lucky a month and a half after I moved, I got to do it. And it went great, it was really fun, you know, it's just a great show, it's hard for it to not go great, but that's where I met Eugene Merman, he runs that show. Then he started having me having me on his uh, Brooklyn show, this place called Union Hall, the show used to be called Tearing the Veil of right. Maya, and yeah. he used to run that show with Michael Showalter. So that's where I met Showalter, I did a couple shows with him, and then Showalter called me one week and was like, hey, Thursday, can you go on tour with Stella? So he called and he was like, hey this is Michael Showalter I'm a comedian um, I have these gr-. and I was like yeah I, I know who you are because <laughs> we hadn't really ever talked but he called me and he was like do you want to go and open for us and I was like yes so I cancelled my other shows and people were upset but I was like this is what you know you have to do it so we went to Ohio Chicago a couple places you know uh, Michigan I opened with those guys and that's where I met David Wayne and uh, Michael in Black um, and it was great. I had a great time opening for those guys and then I heard that Showalter and Black got a pilot picked up, a show picked up at Comedy Central, so I submitted to Write For It and I went and I did the interview and, you know, the process was you write stuff and you punch up stuff, so Get hired, got hired on as writer there. And then they really like to do this thing where they like to have people play themselves yeah. so they really fought for me to be on that show playing a version of myself sure. much stupider version of myself I <laughs> hope uh, but a version of myself so they really fought for that uh, and I totally owe it to those guys. It's an amazing experience I've never written for other people before and those guys have such a specific voice yeah. uh, that you know it takes a little bit to sort of snap into it, but they're very funny and they have a very unique vision. And I learned so much just from like writing for, you know, not stand-up, writing for a show and acting, like watching those guys act for, you know, it was a six-week shoot. Watching them act, I learned so much. And that's when I realized that I really liked acting, was watching those guys and seeing how creative it can be.
0: And then from New York uh, to Los Angeles. Uh, and in L.A., you co-host a weekly live comedy show with Jonah Ray called The Meltdown, every Wednesday every at Meltdown Wednesday. Comics. Uh, tell us a little about the show and how it came about. It happens. I moved to L.A.
1: and um, L.A. has fewer shows than New York does. And we wanted to do shows, so I was like, well, I should run a show. And I hadn't run a show ever before. So we're kind of looking around, looking at the place. My wife and I, Emily Gordon, she used to um, run a show in uh, New York, and... Um, with uh, Pete Holmes. Yeah. It's was very funny. Pete Holmes was also from Chicago. with my first friend in stand-up. <laughs> uh, him and Kinane were my first friend in stand-up. Um, so we were kind of looking around, and then we'd met Jonah Ray at a party, hung out with him, liked him. You know, we got along, became friends, and he had a monthly show at the time at the same v- uh, venue. Okay. Not comics. Every Friday, oh, well, once a month Fridays. So we want to take it weekly. Yeah. So I kind of, he let us jump on board. We picked Wednesday and just did it like every Wednesday, and it's in the back of a comic book store. Yeah, that,
0: that's the part I like about it, in the back of yeah, the comic book store. Yeah, me too.
1: It sort of sets a certain expectation on people have to walk through a comic book store to get to a show.
0: Yeah. And uh, you moved to Los Angeles uh, to audition for shows during pilot season, uh, landed a role on TNT's new show, Franklin and Bash. Yes, actually, I was
1: just there for a month auditioning, and then when I got that show is when I moved. You moved, okay, after the Once audition. Once the show got picked
0: up, actually. Right. And then uh, you also had a part in the film, uh, Life As We Know It. Yes. And then uh, I also understand, which uh, we talked before, but that you you were working on a pilot uh, based somewhat on your life with Conan's production company. Conoco, yes. Yeah. For NBC. For NBC.
1: And those guys were all great, but, you know, NBC and Conoco had sort of a weird falling out. Yeah. I don't know if you heard. Yeah. NBC and Conan. <laughs> um, and then... So I knew that my, is this okay, the sound? Or is it weird? Think, uh, we'll see how it works. Okay. <laughs> we could, make, you know, if it doesn't work, we could do it again tomorrow. Or something, yeah. you can listen to it. Um, so uh, I found out that my show wasn't going to get made, and uh, they will, but they wanted to extend the option. They wanted to keep working on it sort of for mid-season. And I got to part on this TNT show, and I was like, well, that's a sure thing. Yeah. It's definitely getting made versus something that still in all likelihood would not get made. I mean, the, the chances of getting made are so so small even at that stage so I sort of decided to take a break from writing that show and to sort of jump on and do this uh, acting part in TNT and it never had like a like a a series regular on a show that I hadn't written before.
0: Yeah. And are you finding the uh, the Los Angeles entertainment world different to everything you knew before that? It's different. There seem to be a lot fewer shows. The stand up is a little different
1: in New York. The whole emphasis was on always writing new stuff, always experimenting. In LA, I feel like people like to showcase more. They have like the certain base that they think to represent them well that they like to um, do. Uh, so it's a slight slight difference and like I said New York uh, values naturalness so much
0: and uh, uh... New York style is very specific, I think. Yeah. Uh, That's really it. I was just wondering uh, what else, what's next for you? Where can people find you online and find out where you're performing? Uh, well, I don't know when this goes on, but I'm in episode four of
1: Portlandia, which is the okay. Fred and Carrie Brownstein show. Yeah. It's a very funny show, episode four. Super fun to shoot. Um, the TNT show, Franklin and Bash, airs in June. Okay, which is still a little bit away. Um, I have two episodes of the... John Oliver has a stand-up show on Comedy Central. So I have two episodes of that. I don't know when that airs. And then, um... Hopefully, Conan on
0: February 24th. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Very good. And, of course, uh, Meltdown Comics. At Meltdown in Los Comics. Angeles. Yeah, every, Meltdown, every Wednesday at Meltdown Comics. All right. And we're here, uh, I should mention, at SF Sketch Fest, and you've been doing shows all weekend. And yeah. Just want to put a, a plug in for them as well.
1: Yeah. It's a great, great festival. Super yes. fun. All the shows have been great. All right. Well,
0: thank you very much. Come thank out. you. And thus concludes my interview with Kumail Nanjiani. I hope you had a fun time listening. If you'd like to find out more about Kumail, he has a Facebook page and is at KumailN, which is K-U-M-A-I-L-N, on Twitter. And for more information about The Meltdown Show, visit ComedyMeltdown.com. Good night, everyone, and until next time, this is Rick saying goodbye forever.